the most important day in my adult life is coming up. The most important day in my adult life is Father's Day. Even though it's a few weeks, it's a few weeks away, but with with my children's birthdays being around that time, you know, our wedding anniversary being around that time, and you know, our grandmother's birthday, you know, the rest of her soul, and everything being around that time. How um, how I approach fatherhood sort of has everything to do with every aspect of my life. I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm not trying to teach my children to be perfect. They see every part of me. They see every part of me. They even, after that one and only time that they've seen me drunk, because I just downed a bottle of vodka and basically sat in the middle of the kitchen floor and just said everything under the sun. (laughs) The next day I woke up and they were right there. They were right there to ask me questions about the things that I said. They didn't fear. They didn't fear that that person. I woke up and we sat and talked and they asked me questions about the things that I said about God and things that I said about just basically a lot of things and they were there to say, okay, daddy, we know that's not you, but why did you do it? That's the reason why I'm, that's the reason why I look at Father's Day being the most important day to me. Because it's moments like that. It's moments that, daddy, we understand. We understand everything you're going through. We're going to be right here for you. That's why I try so hard to instill lessons and to teach because they're right there soaking up everything. That's why, like I said, that's why I look forward to this day. That's why I look forward to this time on from my little brother's birthday to my son's birthday, which is a day apart on up, on all the way up through through, through July. For when I met my wife or when when my grandmother's birthday. Well B's grandmother, which is still my grandmother, but still. This time, these three or four months, however long it is. That's why I looked at that one day, Father's Day, for being the most important day to me because of how everyone sees me. You know, I've said plenty of times before that it scares me. Because, you know, people that I see, they say, oh, this, they say such wonderful things. But when I get home, you know, the few moments I have to myself, I'm not, I'm not a hero. I'm not, I'm not Hercules. You know, I'm not, I'm not that person. But like I said, they see me as such. Not to say that I put on a front, but because I don't, but it's just the way that I carry myself. I have to, I have to. I have to keep that because when my kids have those moments where they're unsure of themselves or when B has those moments when she's unsure of herself or when my mother has those moments where she just wants to just 
okay, I got to get something out. Everybody's looking at me. So I have to be that person. I have to be that person. Who you are is made. It's not, it's not thought of. You know, because everyone thinks of themselves as being this grand person, but it's how others perceive you. It's what you put, it's what you put into your life. It's what you put into your everyday life and how people view you. That's who you are. So maybe I shouldn't fear it because it's who I am, because it's what I put out there. So reason why I say, once again, I'm sorry, reason why I say that Father's Day is the most important day to me because it's every aspect of my life. I can't do the things that I do for B and try to be there and help without my children's eyes being on me. I can't be the son that I am without my children's eyes being on me. I can't be the friend that I am without my children's eyes being on me. I can't be the man that I am without my children's eyes being on me. So just as I said, what you put into the world is how people perceive you. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I'm not leading them down the wrong path because I've had issues with people that I, you know, people that I thought were trying to emulate me. And the way that I carry myself and, you know, the way that those people are now, not that they're bad people, but it's just that I wasn't like that around you. So where did you get it from? And I know where they got it from. It wasn't myself. It was other, other influence, other influences because of the way that I wasn't so hey but like I said I'm, I'm gonna try not to make that same mistake with my children and I'm not saying it was a mistake but you know hopefully I'll be able to have this conversation with them and not about them so you know I don't want to talk about anybody that's not here so I'm gonna leave that at that you know it used to fear me I'm sorry, I used to fear, but they make no sense. I used to fear being a parent because I was—I would always have those thoughts alone. And the way that I was before I met, before I met B, I wasn't a good person. I wasn't a good person at all, inside nor out. So I used to have these thoughts of being a parent because all I saw was wrong. You're only taught two things in life, right and wrong. It's up to you to figure out which one is which. Luckily, I've seen more right. Yes, I've done wrong, but I've seen more right in my life. So, having the ability to, the the ability and the grace, by the grace of God, to make it through the things that I made it through, I'm able to teach. It took me a long time to realize that I'm able to teach. I thought you needed credentials. I thought you needed a plaque on the wall. I thought you needed, you know, a certain financial status. I thought you needed millions of people backing you, millions of people looking up to you. But no, no, 
You don't. All you need to be, all you need to be is a stand-up individual. People will gravitate and people will see you as being a stand-up individual. They'll respect it, the respect will come. And, you know, I hate to say this, but the admiration will come too. Like I said, I have my issues with that. But, hey, good morning. Like I said, I have my issues with that. Like why people look up to me and things of that nature. I'm 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 nobody. But to certain eyes I am. So it's so like I said, that's why I look at Father's Day as men as being my most important day. Because everything I put into my life, I have to know that they're watching. They know I get up. They know I get up and walk a mile, about a mile, maybe a mile or more, just so I can try to get to work on time. <laughs> they know the things that I do. And they know the things that mommy does as well. So it's not just about me. I'm not just trying to boast myself. I'm not just trying to boast myself, but you know, every mother should feel that way as well. Because of what you put into your life. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to big myself up. I'm not. But they see the things that I do in my daily life. And hopefully. Hopefully that gets. That leaves a mark. That leaves a mark. You know when I hear. You know when me and my little brother play play the game together and stuff like that and he says things to his friends like you know my big brother can do that that fills me up with so much pride because to know that he still sees me the way that I see him and how I wanted and still want to let him know that even though I have five children I still view him as that I still view him as that as that person that I'll drop, I'll drop anything for and run to. You know, I don't want to walk away from my little brother and I never will. But like I said, it fills me up with so much pride that he still views me. Like my, my big brother can do this, my big brother can do that. And the things that other people say about me as well, and I'm like, and, First of all, I'm, I'm taking it back from it, be honest with you, but like I said, B tell me all the time, just accept it. Just accept it. And I was asked, I was asked, why do I call her B? Um, <laughs> my mother asked me that. I was like, uh, I was like, uh, it's, it's for Brett because of how she acts. So, you know, that's how she acts. She, at times, she acts like a real child. But it's not like in a bad way. It's in a, it's in a cute way that she does. Certain things that she does and when she pouts and gets mad when she can't figure out anything to eat or figure out anything to do or any way to do her hair, she gets upset. And I just laugh at her. But but that's why I call her B. It's just short for Brad, is it? But anyway. Um... Like I said, every move I make, their eyes are on me. And I have to make sure that I leave a mark for them. 
I only have people around me that that how can I put this? <laughs> I only have people around me that mean something. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Everybody means something in their life. Everybody means something to somebody. They just may not realize it if you understand that. They just may not realize what they mean to that person. But everybody I have around me means something. A solid individual is basically is what I'm saying. And even though a lot of us fail, a lot of us also know that we can get back up. And I really want to have this conversation with, with, with a real good, possibly my best friend. I want to have this conversation with him because me and him seem to be on the same road last year and this year even. Me and him seem to be on the same road. But never spoke about it until it was over. Never spoke about it until we stood back up again. And that's how I knew, like, okay, I got somebody in my corner and he got somebody in his. All of this coincides with Father's Day. Because just like myself, he's that same way with his family. All of this coincides with Father's Day. Because we know we have eyes on us. We men. That's what being a man means. Being a man don't mean you can you can fix everything. Just means you can be you can break and fix yourself. If you guys understand that. Broke my heart to hear Shad Gaspard passed away. The way that he passed away broke my heart, but just to hear that he passed away. You know, I'm a huge wrestling fan. You guys know that Shaq Gaspard was a member of the well, sorry, a member of the WWE. Wrestled under wrestled under crime time with another wrestler. They were a spoof on uh um basically G-Unit, if you guys remember how they used to run around with the chains and the tank tops and all that. They were basically a spoof of G-Unit back in, you know, back 10, 10 plus years ago, I believe. And, uh, I thought they were just gimmicky. You know, I saw the talent. Shad was a bigger guy, bigger muscular guy. He had the look of you know, the the look of the men that, you know, WWE likes to portray as heroes and, you know, superhero-like. He had that look. And I was like thinking to myself, you know, maybe when this crime time stuff is over with, maybe he can be a, a decent player. Sort of like um, prime time players are now. Okay, so there you go. Just look at them as the same way. But it didn't last that long. They didn't get the admiration that a uh, primetime player is getting now, so they let him go. But Shad stayed active, and he, you know, became a good, great family man and a good friend. And he stayed, he stayed close to the wrestlers, so I would always see the occasional picture of him and stuff like that. 
just recently he passed away and he was swimming on the beach with the sun and I guess he got carried away in a, in a wave of riptide I, I believe and as the lifeguards were there to save lifeguards were there to save him you know he was a bigger guy so I didn't really read I didn't really read the 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 actions of the lifeguards and what they did or what they couldn't do but as I know he was a shot was a bigger guy big muscular big muscular man at least 260 at least I want to say so maybe they couldn't carry him maybe and the lifeguard said just save my son make sure you save my son just make sure you save my son For everyone who knew him personally, knew he was, knew he was that type of person to put people before himself. And that hurt me even more. You know, it's possibly gonna be with, be with his son and his, his wife and his family for the rest of their lives, as it should be. But just the act that and the words that he said to his son and make sure you save my son it's like my life means nothing his means much more and that's exactly the way that I view myself for my children my life means nothing as long as they take the lessons that I gave them that I'm giving them and they live a full life and they go on to do greater things that I can even imagine I'm happy if I died right in the middle of this sentence. Because I know what I put into them. I know what I put into my wife. I know what I put into my mother. I know what I put into my little brother. I know what I put into my friends. Granted, a lot of them are gone right now. A lot of them passed. A lot of them just walked away because they thought the lesson was over. reason why I say they thought the lesson was over was because when they come to me with certain problems and I help them with certain problems and they're able to come up a little bit, they run away. They run away. But the real ones know because we still talk, even if it's occasionally or a quick message or a quick I love you or a quick whatever or a quick, you know, you got this big homie or whatever, whatever. There's people that I honestly thought would be there, there. But hey, but those people I know that I still do anything for, they know exactly who they are. And they're successful in their own right. Businessmen, musicians, and everything. I love them to death. But I love them to life. I hate saying I love anything to death. I love them to life. So, as I said, everything that I put out, I want, I want to put out goodness. I want to put out nothing but positivity. Try to send good energy to everyone I come across, no matter your walk of life. 
Because in a way, I'm not just a father to my children. I'm that person in life in general that I want to see you succeed. Just like a father would. I'm not trying to say I'm a father-like, but I hope to be a father figure. And it may come off a little weird. It may sound a little weird, but hear me out. I hope to be a father figure to a lot of different individuals to where I could be a beacon and and if you don't believe in yourself I do so let me say it like that I believe in you everything you want to do everything you want to do in your life I believe in you no matter the dream no matter the dream I've had people come to me and say they want to be power lifters. They want to be welders. They want to be firemen. They want to be doctors. They want to be chefs. They want to be football players. They want to be boxers. Playing the NBA. I've had so many different conversations with so many different walks of life. So many different walks of life. Plenty of people. Listen to my music. You think I could sell these? You think anybody will buy my food? Yes. The reason why I don't speak of people personally because I don't want to. I don't have the permission. That's the only reason why I don't do it. But they know exactly who they are. But to be that sort of figure, to be that sort of pillar in life, that's what I want to be. That's what I am. Not I want to be. I am. I am. And as I stated before, as I spoke on before about the way certain people have treated me and the way certain people view me that's their business I know exactly who I am and as those people fall off I know exactly the people the, I know exactly why certain people are still hanging on it's because they it's meant to be and I love them to life for that Including people on social media, they mean much more to me than most people that I've that, than, than most people in my life. Like, like I physically know. And you all know exactly who you are, exactly who you are. So that's why I'm saying once again, Father's Day is the most important day to me because of everything that I put into my life. I want to see you succeed. I want to, I'm not saying I want to be a, a footnote in that speech you give when you, you know, at, at your at your party or your wedding or whatever, whatever. I don't even want to be mentioned. I just want to know that you succeeded and you can flourish in your life. That's it. So that's why I say being a father figure. There we go. So that's exactly what I mean by that. That's why I say father figure. Like I said, I've had plenty of people talk to me that, that are drug addicts. You guys know. I know plenty of drug addicts. Plenty of them. But when they see me, they try their hardest not to be a drug addict for that moment that they see me. They try their hardest not to be a thief when they see me. I want to tell you guys a story that maybe I shouldn't tell, but I'm going to tell it anyway. It's a thief that I know. 
because he comes into my he comes into various stores that I work at and he steals he steals a lot. I'm not a security guard like I said, but I look like I look like one. <laughs> I say I, I, I look enforcing, I guess. <laughs> but um, he uh comes in and he steals and everybody tries to put him down and stuff like that and. I've seen a lot of people try to wrestle and fight with him. But me, the moment I met him, I pulled him aside and I said, hey, this isn't, you know, you can do much better in your life. I know you can. I know you can. So we've had plenty of run-ins. I've had plenty of run-ins with this gentleman. Plenty of run-ins. And each time he sees me and he said, man, I'm sorry, man, I need this, man. You got to let me get it. And I always tell him, there's plain clothes cops in her or... I just can't let you walk out with this product because I don't want anything to happen to you. Now, if you go to another store and still, I can't do anything about that. But I want you to, I don't want, I, I don't want to know anything happened to you. So years passed, years passed up until recently he seen me and he saw my name tag. And he said, that's not your name. I said, yes, it is. He said, no, nah, that's not your name, man. That's not your name. I know somebody with that name. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you do because you just told me where you came from. He knows my father. He knows my father better than I do. Like I say, he knows him better than I do. He said, yeah, man, I've been locked up with your, with your dad, not with, you know, my dad's not a prisoner. He's a sort of like a corrections officer. So anyways, I guess that's what he does. But anyway. He said, man, I know your dad. I know your dad very well, man. And we've had plenty of conversations. We played cards, this and that. We gambled, such and such, this and that. And, you know, I I couldn't stand the way that he talked to me. I couldn't stand the way that he treated me at times. But as I've had this conversation with plenty of people that I know that see me on the streets, they say, man, I wanted to... I wanted to hurt your daddy, but I know you and I know the kind of person that you are and y'all ain't nothing like. So that's why I let him let him breathe a little bit, let him live because of who you are. But he went on to tell me this story about him having lupus and that being a horrible disease to have because I know another couple of people with it as well. But he said, man, he looked at my name and said, that ain't your name. I know somebody with that name. I said, no, nah, that's my name. My father's name. And he was like, yo, daddy? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, my God. And he looked at me. He started crying. And I was like, why are you crying? And he was like, I just can't believe that you've been trying to protect me for all of these years. And when I get locked up, I'm right back there looking at your daddy. But you've been trying to protect me, making sure I get out these stores safe and don't steal and try to do right and all of this stuff. You've been trying to do that for years. But I never put two and two together that I know your daddy very well. He was like, but the fact that you favor him, but the way that you act and the way that you carry yourself isn't the same. That's why I couldn't put two and two together. I just seen him yesterday. I seen him twice yesterday, as a matter of fact, because I'm standing at the same bus stop I am now. And he was walking down the street, and he said, man, you going to work again? And he said, there you go. Take care of them kids. 
Because he knows I got kids. Knows he knows I'm married, knows I have kids. He said, take care of them kids. Then when I was coming home, I was coming home, I seen him on the bus again. And he looked at me, he said, man, you been at work all day? And I said, yeah, it's usually what I do. <laughs> and um, he said, man, you keep doing that. And then when he got off the bus, he looked at me. He said, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to live the best life I can. I'm trying. I'm trying my hardest. He said, you be sure to tell your daddy that. Said, Call your daddy. Tell your daddy that. And I'm thinking to myself, me calling my daddy ain't going to happen. But the fact that this man told me to do it, I just may. I, I know I've said some hurtful, hateful things about him on this podcast. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. I seen him a couple of months ago or last month or whatever, whatever. And even though it was a quick, quick one as they all are, I seen him for a little bit and I told him I don't hate you. You know, each time I've seen him the past couple of times, I told him I didn't hate him. But it was just something that he did last year that really hurt me. And I voiced my opinion on this podcast. But the last time I seen him, I told him I hate him. I don't hate you. If it wasn't for what you did to me, I wouldn't be who I am right now. If it wasn't for what you didn't do, for what he did and didn't do, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't view my family the way that I view my family, even though I mess up. But I wouldn't view my family the way that I view my family if it wasn't for him. Because if I was just like my father, I wouldn't care. I'd have maybe one, two children that I really love or that I really show love to and the others just got my name saying. Can't do that to neither one of my children. I don't want them feeling that way ever. But as I've said, I don't hate him. I see him for who he is now. I said if he wasn't the way that he was, I probably wouldn't have a relationship I got with my little sister. I love her so much just for who she is. We even bought knee sleeves around the same time just to let y'all know. I mean, we ain't talk about it. I just seen her posting on social media and I said, shit, I just ordered some damn knee sleeves too. Good ones too. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, that, I just look at little things like that. It's like, damn, we are that much alike we are that much alike and I wouldn't know it I honestly wouldn't know it if he wasn't the way that he was or did the way or did the things that he did I wouldn't know it I wouldn't sit up I wouldn't have sat up thinking like you know why, did, why am I just now just now meeting my little sister I'm 30. Well, I was 30 at the time. Why am I just now meeting my little... No, 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 no. First time I met my little sister, I was 21. Yeah, 21, 22. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So why am I just now meeting her, just now knowing about her so many years, so long in my life? Why? But, hey, she probably wanted the same thing. And as we grew older, we realized that we're just the same. My daughter looks just like her. But 
Well, like I said, I wouldn't have that bond. I wouldn't know these things. I wouldn't be this way if I didn't have to overcome the things that I overcame. So I may do another episode about father or about being a father, but it's like I said, it's coming up and it's just what I feel right now. You know, I'm looking at the world, at society, mind you, looking at society beginning to get back to normal. I think it's more out of, I think it's more out of anger than it is out of knowing that this is sort of, everything's sort of okay. The reason why I say anger is because, you know, you can't tell me what to do anymore. Sort of defiance then I, I shall say starting to see restaurants open bars and things of that nature open back up and even even with regulation you know the six feet apart and things of that you know things of that nature I'm starting to see things open back up but would you still risk it like I'm seeing, I'm seeing tickets to plane tickets and train tickets be, you know, twenty, thirty dollars to places that were normal two or three hundred dollars. I mean, would you risk it? I, mean, I can understand. I can understand the small businesses opening back up. I honestly could because they don't have that much backing, so they need the community. And I respect that and I understand that. And I've been given as much as I can. But that part I understand, but but would you risk like travel or would you risk would you risk going to an outing with your family like like to a you know a, a public function or something like that? I still don't know the answer to that question. Like churches are opening up this weekend, I heard. But as far as that goes, God is in my heart. And I've told you guys my story, my story with my church and the people that are there. Like I said, some are beautiful people, but some I see different. Some I feel different about. But God is wherever you are. God is wherever you rest and God is wherever you praise. It doesn't necessarily have to be inside of that building because God is you. You are. You can give, you can praise, you can serve, you can be in the comfort of your own home, in the comfort of your own body where you're not, where you're away from judgment, where you're away from you away from things you know the reason why I choose not to go to that church anymore is because honestly my family doesn't feel safe you feel judged you don't feel the you don't feel the love as much anymore I know I don't and my wife don't and my kids have questioned things as well as well I'm sorry like I said, it's not everybody, but it's just some that sort of ruined it for us. 
you know, I haven't had a conversation with my pastor in a while. And, you know, like I said, you guys know how I feel about my connection with people. And when I lose it, you know, I feel I feel bad, to be honest with you, when I lose a connection with a person. I feel bad. You know, and then I move on. <laughs> I don't feel bad for too long. I don't dwell on anything anymore. Because I take everything as a lesson. But as I said, would you risk it? You know, to all the people that still can then still can can come in contact with this virus and all the people that still come in contact with this virus, I mean, would you risk it? I mean, every day you still see people passing and still see people without. And that's why I said I look at this wave of wave of everything that's going on as sort of being desperation, I, I shall say. Desperation, defiance, is because everybody needs needs to make an income, and with these small businesses, their only hope is the community. You know, the government's only going to do so much for us. You know, we should have to help ourselves. So, like I said, that's why I don't blame them. But I mean, I'm still, I still fear, I still feel coming in contact with it because I haven't stopped, and I know many, many of you haven't stopped working you know i haven't stopped working everything's been the same for me everything's been the same for my wife only thing that has changed is my children haven't been able to go anywhere really but to the store and back for the past couple of months i know that life is really getting to them but but what can you do i mean we're trying Pretty much all we can do, so <clears throat> you know that's why I hope you all that are out there are safe and taking care of things and being as cautious as you can. You know, that's all I ask that everybody's be as cautious as they can and still and still try to take care of each other, still look out for your neighbor as we've been as we've been doing more of. Look out for one another. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, nothing's really been going on. I mean, there, there, there have been more talks of them starting the NBA back up, and the UFC had a couple of fights. I didn't watch them. I was working, but you know, <laughs> but uh, the NBA is possibly starting to, possibly starting to open up. They may do it at Disney World. I heard to finish their season and into the playoffs. I think that's. Like late June, July, maybe I think. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the continuation of the season and just to get back to normalcy with that at least, you know. You know, I hate to see all the other sports, you know, have to cancel baseball, hockey. You know, NFL's trying to go on, but who knows how that'll be. But, uh, like I said, it's good to see everything try to get back to normal. Hold on, guys.
Yeah. Before walking home was quiet. Now that everybody's outside again. Everybody's outside again. <laughs> like I said, it's a good thing. People are getting back to normal. But, uh, no, this episode wasn't going to be too deep. I mean, every episode of mine is personal, but, you know, I just want to make sure that you guys are still doing what you can do. First of all, keep your sanity. You know, a lot of people I know have sort of went stir crazy <laughs> being in the house and such. You know, keep your sanity. Keep safe. You know, and just try to keep things together. I know we all miss, we all miss contact. You know, like actually being with the person that I heard of. Unfortunately heard of a nurse passing away. He was, he was on the East Coast and he was already dealing with depression and anxiety and he'd just overcome um, a deep opioid addiction. Addiction, I'm sorry. Addiction. And nobody wanted to be near him because he was a nurse at a hospital in New York and he was working firsthand trying to trying to help with the virus and trying to help those who are sick. But he spent a lot of time in isolation because nobody wanted to wanted to be near him. And it's something that's that that's known but not being talked about as much about the nurses and the doctors like unfortunately committing suicide because they don't know anything else to do. You know, I've heard of I heard this person that passed away, I believe he committed suicide like in the parking lot. His mother found found them by tracking his cell phone, using the location on his cell phone. And um heard is a growing rate growing rate of nurses frontline essential workers committing suicide because they have no one to turn to you know working 20 to 24 hours a day at times not having not having the material you need to protect yourself and like I said when you get off work everybody's a little fearful because they know you work at a hospital they know you've come in contact with these people and with already, like I, like I said, with this already underlying addiction and just getting over the addiction and then having anxiety and everything else and him just feeling lonely, basically. And, and unfortunately, he took his life. No, but I know. Pretty good. You don't really hear about that. You know, my heart goes out to everyone. Prayers go out to everyone, but it's like, I mean, even as the weather, you know, the weather's getting hotter. So I heard a long time ago, it's, it can die in 80 degree weather. I say it's about 80 degrees now. I say the summertime is pretty much, you got your blinker on, but you... All right, never mind. Sorry, guys. I was trying to turn, but this guy me trying to cross the street. <laughs> this guy had his blinker on, but he was keeping straight. But anyway, you don't hear about that as much because, you know, they sort of want to quiet it. 
you can't quiet it. Can't quiet it. And it's an unfortunate situation that we're all faced with because everyone else feels it safe. Feel it safe to come outside and open your businesses up and come back to work. Like I said, myself, doctors, haven't really been able to, department store workers, haven't really been able to, to get a break. We're still, we're still in the middle of it. Even before people started wearing masks, we're still in the middle of it. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's a scary situation. I mean, I don't walk around in fear. I don't. I don't. Because anything can happen at any moment. But it's just a scary situation. It really is. It really is. I've heard people argue over the silliest things. Like, it's a McDonald's next to my job. And I I was leaving work one day. And this guy was getting out of his car. And he works there. But he was arguing with his girlfriend. And he was like, you know, I don't know why you owe me so much. I don't know why you owe me so much. I'm under all of, them, all of this stress. I'm working around all of these people. I could catch this at any time. All I need you to do is beat off me and get off my back. And this and that. And he was like, I'm essential. I'm important. I need to be out here. He was real defiant. He, you know, he really gave a pass in his speech. It, I quickly forgot that he works for McDonald's. That didn't matter. He felt his job was deemed as important as the doctor trying to cure this this person from, from, from having a disease or whatever, whatever. You know, everybody's saying that, you know, not all heroes wear capes. Some heroes flip burgers, I've heard people say. Something like that. I mean, everybody got to eat, true enough, yeah. I've been called such such as well. But I was like, you know what? I was still going to get up and come to work anyway. I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm not doing anything special. I'm doing what I would do normally. Coming to work. Coming to work. This is what I would do on a normal basis. Normal day-to-day basis. Like I said, his speech was funny. It was funny what he was saying. And I understood every word he was saying. But he was like... You know, I, I'm under enough stress. I don't need you to stress me out. You know, being myself, we haven't had that argument yet. We haven't had that fight. But, uh, but um, we haven't had that argument. I had that fight. We haven't had that. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm under a lot of stress. All these people coming around me sick. I mean, we've talked about it, but it wasn't like... We come home and into isolation. I know plenty of people I work with who do, who live with their parents or are married or live with a roommate or whatever, and they can't come home. You know, you got to come home and go to a separate room, basically. I know people. I know people who can't see their children because of this, because they're separated, divorced, or whatever. They don't have custody of their children. You know, they can only see them. Visitation rights and stuff like that. I've had people, I've had conversations with people like that. And I mean, what can I tell them? I was like, Hudson, you know, help, help me. What can I do? And I'm like, I, I can't. I mean, I, I, I gave words of encouragement. I gave words of encouragement, true enough. But what can I say? 
And like this one, you know, guy I was talking to, he was like, dude, I envy you so much. You get to go home to your wife and your kids. Every day regardless, you go home to your wife and your kids. You make it home to your wife and your kids. He was like, every day I have to argue. Every day I got to fight. Every day I got to argue just to get my son put on the phone. He was like, dude, you don't understand how hard it is. Especially when she around her new boyfriend and the dude that she lived with or her family. How, how much I got to get cursed out. How much I got to get called this, this, I'm dirty, this. I ain't shit, this and that. All of this shit I got to hear just to get a conversation. Imagine what I got to hear just to get a visit with my son or my daughter. Imagine how many stupid motherfuckers I need. I got to get called just to get a visit with my son or my daughter or just to have a FaceTime, a phone conversation. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Like I said, what could I say? What could I say? I mean, you guys, you guys have heard me speak on this plenty of times, so you pretty much know I didn't leave that person empty-handed. I gave that person what I could give them, the words that I could give them. I'm going to be honest, they helped. I'm going to be honest, he came at me a couple of weeks ago and he said, look, I was patient like you said. I tried everything that I could try. And I saw my son twice. I saw my son twice. I was able to give him a hug at least. And he was like, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted was to take him. Take him a toy. Take him some food. Take him something. Get a face FaceTime call. I heard my son laugh. Heard him say my name. Whatever. You, you, you do not know how fulfilling that is. Even when we're not going through a pandemic. You do not know how many times I come home from a long day. Of dealing with stupidity. Dealing with ignorance at work. It's just seeing my kids. My youngest, my youngest always asks, Daddy, how was work? How you doing? Hey, Daddy, just seeing my kids, seeing my wife, making it home, making it home is underrated. Like making it back to your house is underrated so you can be with your family again. So many people don't make it. So many people don't make it. But it was so fulfilling for me to hear him say, yeah, I was thankful enough and I was patient enough with her and she understood that I'm not trying to get involved in her life. I just want to be a part of his or be a part of hers. So that's that's that. That's that. Whatever beacon I could be, whatever whatever I can be for whoever I'm trying, whatever this podcast can give you, I hope it helps. I hope it works. I hope it works. If not myself, you, what you give yourself, I hope it works. I hope you find things in your life that, that somehow makes it all make sense. Everything that you go through. I hope you have something in your life that makes it worth it. Girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, cousin, sister, brother, uncle, aunt, mother, father, grandparents, whatever. Friend, whatever you have to get your fulfillment out of everything that you go through in life, you hold the fuck on to it. You hold on to it.
Don't let it go. Don't take it for granted. That's like I tell you. Like I tell you, I've been telling you for the past couple of podcasts, the past couple of whatever, that my marriage means something to me, but the, the person means more. My relationship with my wife means much more to me than being a husband and wife because I, I can never hate her. We argue, but I can never hate her. I will always want to be a part of her life. I will always try to find a way to be a part of her life because she completes so much of myself. Does her being complete so much of myself? My children complete so much of me. My children make up every part of me. So I call them Voltron. They're like, Daddy, what's a Voltron? I tried to make them watch it once. They didn't really understand it. They didn't like it because it wasn't, you know, wasn't what they used to. That's why I call them Voltron. I'm like, when you guys are a fist, we can't be stopped. Like the words my little brother says about me, they complete me. Seeing my little brother grow up, seeing my mother say, I'm, I, I'm okay, I'm working hard, but I'm okay. Just hearing that, getting a phone call from my mother, getting a text from my friends, the few family that I talk to, getting a message on social media from my family, or having a conversation with my great friends on social media. That completes me. You guys do not know how much power you have. You make a difference. Believe you me, you make a difference in me. And I'm trying my hardest to make a difference in y'all. This is Patience is the Podcast. Season 2. I want to say episode 2 or 3. I'm not in front of my numbers. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Thankful. Thankful.